Good morning. It's easy to preach after good music. Amen. Amen. Worship. Uh, give you just a little background, just a, a two-minute kind of who we are. I know we've been going here off and on for a while. We joined a while back, and me and my wife surrendered to North American Mission Board in 1999, and we served in several different places. God would always send us to churches that had trouble. It was called Barnabas Ministries, and our goal was to be a helping hand to those in need. And so when we moved out here in uh, September 5th of 2005, I'm 2003, in 2005, my wife planted the Agape Pregnancy Center in Okmulgee, and that kind of based us. And so we ended up staying, and, and I helped in other churches. I built a lot of churches. Uh, we built three or four in Oklahoma for churches that couldn't build. They could furnish the material, but they couldn't furnish the labor. And so we would do it for nothing. And then in 07, my wife decided, after looking at our checking account for not working for seven years, that I probably needed to go back to work. <laughs> So we've still done ministry, but uh, uh, that's a little bit about us. And uh, thank Brother Ben for tolerating me, and and uh, he's been a blessing to me. I I hope you know we we've been in a lot of different churches. I I hope church you know that God is blessing you with a godly pastor. You 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 are very fortunate, and uh, thank God that I've got to meet him and know him and become friends with him and. And today, after looking at background, uh, today, you know, Brother Ben would be organized and he would have three points and he would have all of this. And that's just never been me. Uh, I'm unorganized. You can ask my wife. But a launching verse we're going to have today was one that there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And we live in a culture today to where the culture is dictating to the church now how the church operates. And so many times the church is buying into it. And we've got to be at a point to understand that what we think and what we do, there is consequences. And so I don't want to just grab a verse and pluck it out and, and because we have religions do that. They take one verse and they turn it into whatever... Uh, they want it to say, and we're going to be looking at probably 11 to 16 in, in Proverbs chapter 14, but we're going to back up and just kind of glance over the first few verses of that to get kind of what, what was happening and, and, and what we're looking at. Uh, if you bear with me, uh, I'd like to pray one more time and, and just, uh, just to, uh, that God would uh, use me as a vessel. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for this church, Lord. We thank you for our pastor, our, our song leader, the deacons, Lord. We pray you bless them. We thank you for the teachers, Lord. We pray that you would do a work in this place and you would show yourself strong. God, we pray for your Shekinah glory to come down and that you would be glorified and you would be magnified. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Be in this service, Lord. Amen. So as we look at that, if you back up to chapter 14 right at the beginning of it, the heading in my Bible says that contrast, the contrast between foolish and wise. 
You know, I believe we can look anywhere on the news and see the contrast between foolish and wise today. I think we can look in our lives and see contrast between foolish and wise. I think, I think it's something that, that all of us deal with in making decisions. Uh, I could ask you in a few minutes, have you ever made a bad decision? And if I wanted a real answer, I could ask one of your family members. If you want, my wife would say, yes, he's made several, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's made several foolish. But as I said, as, as we see that, we have to understand. So in verse 1 of, of chapter 14, it speaks of a woman's actions in her home. And it says, a wise, man buildeth, a wise woman buildeth her home, but the foolish plucketh or teareth it down. So the wise woman builds up her family. You know, kind of a Proverbs 31 woman. She, she builds up her family. She's there for her family. She meets her family's needs. She does all of that. But the foolish tears it down. Now, I'm not picking on anybody, but I have been so overwhelmed since phones have got cameras and we can do selfies that everybody on Facebook have become so self-absorbed. They, they believe the world wants to see what they look like and how they're doing every moment of the day. And I, and, and I think in doing that, we get a mindset of self, of self, of self. And God doesn't want us to have a mindset of self. He wants us to have a mindset of others, others. He said we're to love our brother. We're to put others before us. We're to, we're to do those things that, that, that Christians, he said, you will know that they're my disciples, their love one for another. And as Christians, we're to build up and we're to edify. So as we go to verse 2, I'll, I'll try not to get off on rabbit traps here, you know. Verse 2, he who walks in an upright fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. Same thing, a contradiction, upright or despises God. You either fear God or, or you despise him. Verse 3, the mouth of the fool is the rod of pride, but the lip of the wise will preserve them. Same thing. You can go through the first six verses. And, and it's contradiction, it's, it's good and evil, it's foolish and wise. It, and so as we look at that and as we see that, we have to understand that there's some choices to make, amen? You know, there's choices. You know, in verse 7 it says, Go from the presence of a foolish man. Go from the presence of a foolish man. If you hadn't got go from in your Bible underlined, you ought to do that. Go from the presence of a foolish man. In other words, young people, older people, me, pastors, it matters who your friends are. It matters who you associate with. Now, are we to share the gospel with everybody? Are we to tell people about Jesus? Are we to sow? Pastor's been preaching on sowing, and, and are we to sow in people's lives? Are we to water? Are we to do those things? Yes, we're to do those. But in doing those we got to figure out who is pouring into us. See, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so must a friend sharpen the countenance of a friend. And it says we're to build up, we're to edify, we're to encourage one another. And see, if, you've, if you're around people, young people, if you're around people at school that, that aren't encouraging you and aren't pouring into you, they're tearing you down. See, for, well, who, who's our friends is important. And what happens, we end up running with people 
And I had a guy at Trinity Baptist Church who used to say, if you lay with the dogs, you're going to get fleas. You know? And uh, that's where I met Andy at 20 years ago. And, and, uh, but if you lay, it, lay with the dogs, you can get fleas. And so if you run with those people, when you do get fleas, then you look around and say, well, God, why did why'd this happen? And God said, well, it's foolish. You made foolish decisions. And so we need to make wise decisions. We need to understand that we reap. I'm, I'm not one on give, 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 and God, you know, I believe we give unto God because it's all God's. And whether we get something here or we get it in heaven, God is going to be faithful. But I also know if I sow in my life corruption and if I sow in my life all of these bad things, I'm going to reap things out of it. There's going to be a harvest. But if I sow in it righteousness and I'm in the word and, and I'm doing those things that glorify God, there's going to be a harvest there too. Amen? And so as we see that, he says we're to go from those a foolish person. I love it. David, David Jeremiah preaches about uh, Joseph. And Joseph was one that was sold by his brothers into slavery. And he, as he was sold into slavery, he ends up in Potiphar's house. And he ends up being the head. But as he's the head of Potiphar's house, he ends up going. And Potiphar's wife takes a liking to him. And I, 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 he stays away, stays away. And finally, she wants to have an affair. And he runs, and it says that he run out of his cloak or his jacket or his shirt, whatever it would be, and, and he ran. And David Jeremiah said one of the best things a Christian can have is a good pair of running shoes. Amen? And sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is run. When, when it's there, get away from it. Flee from it. So in, in verse 8, we'll get on down through here. In verse 8, it says, The wisdom of the prudent is understanding his ways. Remember, there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. We have to understand our ways, understand that the decisions we make not only affect us, but it affects our family. Verse 9, fools mock sin, but among the upright there is favor. Fools mock sin, but among the upright there is favor. In every one of these, we've seen the contrast. In verse 11, I'm going to jump on down and try to not keep you past lunch, but in verse 11, the wicked will be destroyed, but the upright will flourish. The wicked will be destroyed, but the upright will flourish. See, the decisions we make, as I said, really matter. And the reason I'm beating that drum is because We'll go home today and we'll make hundreds of decisions this week that not only affects us, but affects our family. And so many times we live in a culture today to where we don't want to offend nobody. We're afraid if we offend somebody. If I share Jesus with, with this lost person, they might get offended. Well, do you want to love them in hell or do you want to offend them and maybe they get saved and go to heaven? You know, my, my goal is not to be your best friend, my goal is to tell you the truth. Had a pastor friend, I, was, I think I shared it with Pastor Ben the other day, pastor friend of mine that we were in their church, he called me the other day and he said God's really tugged at his heart, Brother Neil said, and he said, because I've, seen, I've been doing this for 35 years, and he said, I've buried many of my congregation. And he said, it was on my heart the other day, did I say enough? Did I preach enough? Did I tell them enough about Jesus? 
And he said, I told my congregation this week, you'll never have to worry about that again because I'm going to wear you out with the gospel. If you go to hell, it's a choice you made. Amen? And so as we see that, we have to understand that, that just because you're saved don't mean the person sitting beside you is. And so as we get that, we have to understand, you know, what are we going to do then? How do we make good decisions? Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord, the first key. <laughs> and after you trust in him, then you got to follow him. Amen? See, we, all, we, have a, we have a world that wants fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell, but they don't want Jesus to be Lord of their life. See, they want alternatives. They want different things in life. You know, I, I tell them that we, we have to understand that God has a path. It's like if you play games, I'm, I'm brutal in games. I don't play them because I'm really serious. My wife, my daughter cried when she was about five. We're playing Monopoly. I'm going to win, you know. But if there's a problem in the rules book, you get the, you get the instructions out and you look at it, and you say, what do I do here? See, we don't just say, well, that's my house. I can make that decision. Whoever made that game put a set of, of instructions in it. And he designed those instructions. And if you follow those, the game works. Well, the guy that created the heavens and the earth in Genesis, he made an instruction manual too. And if you follow it, it'll work. Amen? If you follow it for your life, it'll work. If you follow it for your family, it'll work. If you follow it at work, you'll be a better worker. Amen? You'll be better in school. So as we see that, how do we, how do we get direction from God? Well, I just had three areas. One is His Word. We get it from His Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The other is the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Romans, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit. See, if you get saved, now some people don't believe this, but Ephesians teaches, and, and I think me and Brother Ben's on the same, but Ephesians teaches us when I get saved, I have the Holy Spirit come into me, and it's earnest is what it says. It, it's a down payment on what God's got to come. See, I believe we live in a world to where we think we get saved and everything's perfect. No, we, we have to be sanctified. And sanctified is something that happens from the day you get saved until you die. You are being sanctified. The Bible says we're to be conformed into the image of Christ. We're to look more like him. So I ought to be better tomorrow than I was today. Amen. And I need to keep striving to do better and to do better. The next is wise counsel. See, that's what we was talking about a minute ago. Wise counsel. The people that are around you. Where do we get wise counsel? Well, you know, uh, get to my page. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You want to be blessed, 
Do what God's called you to do. He said, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. Does that mean he sits around in the front room with his legs crossed? I can't do that. <laughs> Not comfortably. But does he do that? No. But it's his thoughts. And I'll, I'll share this as a little deal. We had a church back in the 90s, and it was a church in Memphis. A pastor had come, and they had a uh, pregnancy or an abortions clinic down the road from them. And God had just really done a work in their church. And he said when they'd done it, he had preached a sermon about what you put in is what you get out. And that's back when computers were starting to be big. And you'd buy a computer, and then you'd buy the software and put on it. And you'd load that computer with what you wanted. And the only thing that was going to be in that computer is what you put in it. And to me, and I'm not, I, I think there's some real good country artists. I, still, I love country music. But to me, I quit listening to country music probably 99%. And the reason being, if I'm going to walk through Walmart and I'm singing, I'm going to be a lot more effective testimony if I'm singing victory in Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Then the boot scooting boogie. Amen? And so they know where your heart is. And, and God convicted me. And my neighbor lived next door. He said, I want all your tapes. I said, brother, I ain't giving them to you. God convicted me. I'm going to destroy them. You want some? Go buy them. You know? But as I said, I believe that we have to make intentional things. Now, the problem is we live in a world where there's a worldview. There's a worldview for the church. You know, there's a worldview for Christianity. I saw a deal on Oprah, and I ain't got a clock. But I saw a world deal on Oprah on, on the other night where Oprah was talking, and she said she is a Christian, but she believed that all paths lead to heaven. And there was a little boy come on there and said, Ma'am, you ain't a Christian? Because my Bible says, John 14 says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through him. So there's one way. See, but she has money, power, and, and prestige, and people listen, and you know, they, they wouldn't want to offend her. But you know the problem, if somebody doesn't offend her, she's going to bust hell wide open one of these days. And she's got to know the truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free. Amen? So as we look at that, I want you to think, and we're getting ready to go into an election year next year, and I'm not here to talk about that. I've, when I was pastoring some churches filling in, I told them, I'm not going to tell you to be Republican. I'm not going to tell you to be Democrat. I'm going to tell you to be biblical. So I'm going to tell you how God votes on some things. And how God votes on some things is called a Christian worldview. There is tests you can take online, and I think you'd really be surprised if you're honest, do it for yourself, that your worldview might not be near as Christian as you think it is. See, I, I, I've just seen several people take them. I've took them. We have people in churches today that say, well, you know, pro-life. Well, well, I'm here to tell you, you can get a tattoo that says, you want a tattoo that'll never change, get one that says God is pro-life. Because God is pro-life. He is for the, the baby. He's for saving for every life. It says that every, it's a blessing from the Lord. So God is pro-life. God's pro-marriage. God's pro-marriage between a man and a woman. How he created it in Genesis. See, but see, that the, they want And we got churches getting on board today. 
saying, oh, we, we, and, and we got to love these people, but we don't accept or, or condone what they're doing. And so as we see that, God's pro-family. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest things we're having trouble with today is people need to read the book of Genesis because God's pro-gender. He says there's two genders. He created a male and female, and they were to be able to reproduce. Amen? And so as we do that, you've got to understand, see, those are things that you offend people with. But it's truth. How would you like to go to the doctor and the doctor know that you've got two months to live or you could take this pill and you'd live, but he really doesn't want to tell you you've got two months to live, so he's just going to slap you on the back and say, man, I didn't want to offend him today. I didn't want to tell him there was a way out. I'm just going to let him go and he'll die. No, we want the answer when it's our health. Well, I tell you, there's nothing more important than your spiritual health. Nothing more important. And so as we see that, the decisions we make, they will affect us for life. They will affect others around us. We're going to jump on down in verse 12. As I said, the the way that seemeth right unto man, and the end thereof is the way of death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and the end thereof it may be grief. The backslider in his heart was filled with his own ways. The Bible tells us that when you live for self, you reap what self has. But it says a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways too. Amen? It goes on in 15. The simple believeth everything, but the prudent giveth thought to every step. The prudent man gives a thought to every decision he makes. Now, are we always going to make perfect decisions? No. Are we always? But if you're seeking God for those decisions, if you're seeking wise counsel, see, when you seek wise counsel, you find godly people and you go to them that have been around a while, amen, that's made good decisions. You can see God, you can see the blessing on their lives and you have them pour into you. And not only that, you have them pour into you. And so as they pour into you, they're able to speak to you. And we, what we have to do when they speak to us is we have to listen. See, we got a problem. We'll go get counsel. Brother Ben probably has that all the time. People come. But if he don't tell them what they want to hear, then they're ready to go somewhere else. I, I haven't met a pastor yet that hadn't had counseling like that. People come because they want affirmed in their decision and not, not uh, the truth. But as I said, we go back to Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So today, we have to make a choice. Are we going to make wise decisions or are we going to make foolish decisions? Joshua said, in Joshua 24, he said, you can, you can serve the gods of your fathers on the other side of the river, or you can serve the gods of the land of the Amorites in which you live. But he says, for as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I believe God's doing a great work in here, in this church. And I believe he wants to. But when God starts working, the devil starts working. Amen. And so each one of us needs to be diligent in doing the right thing. Each one of us needs to be diligent in seeking wise counsel and and wisdom, and each one of us needs to be more in putting our brother's needs before ourselves. 
I've never been in a church. I've been, we got saved, or I got saved in 92. First two years went through two church splits, and I never heard the word you. It was always I, I. When, when we start looking at I, we start looking at I want, I need, and it starts causing division. And if you want to keep division out of your church, start looking at we, what can I, I do for you, what is your need, and God will work in your life. Because the one thing, and I'm the last verse, 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Wherefore cometh from, come, come out from among them, and be ye separate. God's called us to be separate. He, he's called, see, in a lot of churches, I built a lot of big churches. And a lot of those churches, I could take people out of that church and go put them in the lost world. And unless you knew them, you couldn't pick them out. And that's a shame. He told us to be different, to be, he told us to be peculiar, not weird. <laughs> Amen? He said we're to be different, we're to be peculiar, but not be weird. And our problem is we want to fit in. And the reason God doesn't want us to do that, and this is the last thing, light, cannot, light and darkness cannot have fellowship. The definition of darkness is the absence of light. So I encourage you today to seek God in your decisions. But I encourage you today to look at, look at your life and are you a... Christian worldview, or are you just a worldview? Are you walking kind of a Christian side here and world here? I'm just going down the middle, brother. I'm not offending nobody. Well, you're offending God. You're offending God. Because he wants us to be salt and light in this world. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to pray. I'll turn it over to Brother Ben and the guys. and. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we praise you. God, we thank you for your word. We yesterday, today, and forever as you are. And God, we can trust in you. God, we pray that you would do a work. If there's somebody lost here today, today would be the day of salvation for them. If there's somebody in a worldly view, Lord, that they would get good counsel, Lord, they would seek you. And they would follow you as their guide. God, I thank you. I ask you to bless this church. Bless this time. In Jesus' name I pray.